When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Wow, Matt, fellow adventurous. So I'm going to take, this is the hundredth episode of, of this podcast. So I'm going to take a break from doing those long and epic proving ground adventures. Adventures and... Also, I'm going to make an announcement. I'm running a contest. Now, what you do is to enter the contest. I'm not asking for any money, because what would I even do with money? Spend it on food? I already have food. I have too much food. I'm quite fat. Yes, and I... If I got more money, it would just sit in a bank somewhere, and then I'll probably invest it in war crimes. So I don't, I don't, I don't want money. Instead, you 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 enter this contest by doing any sort of fan of fan fan art or fan fiction. You know, it could be a story, it could be writing, it could be a meme, it could be cosplay, a tattoo, baking, singing, a, any sort of creative work, and you must post it on at least. Any creative work inspired by Swift. You must post it on at least one public platform. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, DeviantArt, Vlogcast, <laughs> YouTube. I, 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 I don't Whatever one you use. Yeah, I, don't, I don't care. As long as it's a publicly... Well, long as long as it's one that... A, a, that's available to the public. So just email. And then. Email me. At Swift Bedtime Store. Stories at googlemail.com. The, the link. So I can see, see it. Or you could comment below here. Depending. Depending on whether, whether you feel like signing up. Whichever one you feel is less intrusive. I mean, you, you could even, you can just be, it could be a sacrificial email, or like, I, I, I don't know. 
Anyway, no, no, no I'm not gonna. Yeah. Anyway, you make a file and yeah. You email it or you link to it. Yeah. Now, those are the two ways I can think of of you knowing how to do it. And the, the link, the, the fan work must refer to Swift in some way and give people, if not keywords, then a link to the site so people go, ooh, that's some weird fan work. I wonder what the game's like. Yeah, okay, that's, that's, the, that's the plan. People look at the fan work and they go, well... That's some weird fan arc. I wonder what. And they go, hmm, I guess I should give the game a bit of a shot. And then, I'll look at all of them, and evaluate them by absurdity, quality, creativity, efforts. I don't know, I, I, it's kind of arbitrary. I think I'll probably, pro probably have the Swift Discord help me out with this. And anyway, the winner will, will get these incredibly limited time backer bundles for, for the 2020 Kickstarter, which has a lot of stuff in it. I'm going to get go for the £50 bronze tier, because that's where it starts to get quite, quite fun. <laughs> but not game-breakingly fun that you get when you're below and... When there's more money. Just because I like. I don't know. Don't want to spend lots of money. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, what you get in we'll get in this package if you win would be 500 adventurer tokens, two exclusive two walks twickets, which boost your stats and have weird descriptions. Any one bronze wing of wing of command, there's the iron, air, wood, stone, and ice ones. Any two pieces of frost curse armor. These are very powerful pieces of equipment, and they'll help you survive in in Arcandor when it's when it's released. And the Arcandian filter vitality, which provides 10 MR and 15 SP, which is nice. Audience with the Council of Dawn and Dusk provides six Neville Reserve, which are the magic points, and you only use one per, per spell, no matter how impressive it is. So that's a lot. The Arcandian's Fire Shard, which provides survival benefits. The Rhyme Encrusted Map, which leads to a treasure trove. The Companion Spirit, Bronze level, which leads to Arcanda combat benefits. Arcandian survival gear, bronze. Protection for Arcanda's deadly cold. Ghost camp at Icefang Bluff, which is a reward scenario. And Talaro's potion of a dizzying adroitness. And the Waif Hawk, which is a ghost hawk that aids exploration. The Totem of Iron Will, that hopes with any checks that involve will, makes them easier. And there's a lot of checks that involve will, especially if, say, someone's trying to mind control you. And also, 10,000 gold, 10,000 XP, and 1,000 XP to all skills and powers. And there's a few other things that aren't on this list. Well, at least I, I think there are. <laughs> Yeah, there's a few few things that are added later. 
you also get those. I think one of them's a fishing mini game where you can catch various high level equipment by just fishing for them. Yeah, so yeah. So that's what you do. So that's how you compete. So you compete by doing any sort of fan work. I'll either comment on this podcast or a link to that e- email I told you, and I will write it down in the description. Show me where, and it must be publicly submitted. Yeah. I, there's no point. There's no point me putting it on my own website because everyone who goes on my own websites already knows about Swift. And then I'll be taking credit for someone else's work as well. So that, that's that's what you do. Now, okay, now that you've listened to that, it's time to do an adventure. Okay, and also, so, alright, 6.30 is when the actual adventuring starts. Alright, this adventure will be underfoot. The young man's fierce, fierce, fierce stare is fixed on you as he holds up his right hand for silence and asks if you are ready. Embark on this adventure. Please, please, there must be absolute silence as I prepare to execute my final and most daring feat. This bold announcement rising above the incessant din that fills the crowded common room of the stone back tavern. The young trickster, his long ebony locks sweeping across his bony face, scrutinises the faces of those gathered to witness the the finale to to the entertaining spectacle. I've seen all of these before, says Prapor, the tavern's proper time, who's taken a chair right up in right up chair up front right next to you. But the last one is supposedly something new. It's a white tight bunch in this place tonight too, so we best deliver something a bit out of the ordinary. You suddenly feel something brushing against your leg. Look down to find candles. Pripple's stalk scrawny but much loved cat circling your feet. You reach down and give the cat a pick pat on its arching back. Yep, pat pat pat. No cat around here though, so can't make the patting sound effects. The trickster, who at the onset of the performance introduced himself as Zazoak the Mysterious, now says he is now prepared to perform an amazing feat, and he will require the participation of someone in the crowd. Go on! Get up there! Wars Pippa slapping you on the back, and drawing every eye in the room too. Here he is, white hair, a man to whom fear is unknown. After casting a withering gaze at the tavern keeper, you slowly rise, take a mock bow to the cheering throng of patrons, and stride up to the trickster, eagerly done with whatever part you will play in the final act of his performance. After greeting you with a deep bow, Zazawak announces that he will use his extraordinary magical powers to make you disappear. This elicits a chorus of jeers from the common moon crowd, at which the young trickster only smiles. This is going to be a bit of real magic, whispers Zorak. She turns to face you. Don't worry, though. There's no harm 
will come from it. This wing provides the necessary means. The trickster twists a gold wing fitted onto his white index finger. And now, friends, he says in a loud, clear voice, before you can even attempt to ask him for more details about the impending twist. Say farewell to this brave fellow, at least for the next few moments. And we will now endeavour to make him vanish right before your astonished eyes. Without warning, a thick column of red smoke rises up from Zazorak's feet, swiftly enveloping both you and the trickster. Just remain still, he whispers to you, through a cloud of what smoke that now obscures him. And if you back to your rightful size in just a few moments. Ooh. A strange sensation washes over you. And for a moment you feel as if you might lose consciousness. The sensation swiftly fades as a cloud of red smoke begins to clear. As you gaze about your surroundings, the last words spoken by the trickster echoes in your mind. And have you back to your rightful size in just a few moments? Standing before you, taller than a mountain giant, is Zazorok, with panic setting in. You cast your gaze around the tavern, only to realise, much to your horror, everything within sight, people and objects, are all gigantic, as promised in the fleeting moments before the execution of this final act. The trickster has somehow shrunk you. As you struggle to stave off the deliberating effects of, of panic, you quickly estimate, based on your proportionate size to the objects around you, you are now no more than two inches tall. Your heart sinks and anger swells up within you as the rumbling voice of Zazor pronounces something has gone terribly wrong. For a moment you believe his words are meant to elicit reaction from spellcatters. But when you catch sight of his fearful, horrifying expression spreading across your face, realise that all is not right. The danger inherent in your newfound state, state, state takes only moments to become apparent. In an instant, the common room is thrown into an uproar of noise and activity. Piripor springs to his feet and angrily demands that Zazorak make you reappear. You dive to the right, only narrowly avoiding being crushed beneath the sole of the tavern keeper's worn leather boot. He steps forward to add the threat of a blow to his vehement request. The din is deafening. Shouts, curses and accusations fill the air like the rumble of thunder and you're forced to dodge the footfalls of the tavern's patrons as they rush forward to join in Pyfor's angry protest. Brings at once, it'll only be a matter of time before you meet an untimely and gruesome demise underfoot. You dash across the uneven timber floors, heading for a dark, sizable opening at the base of the wall in the corner. Navigating the common, common floor proves to be no easy task, as every, every step you find yourself dodging a footfall or a moving leg of a chair as patrons push back from their seats and wash over to examine the spot where you stood. Okay, picking a number. Bonus of 49. 20 from agility, 10 from body, 19 from luck. Need 75 or more. Success! You manage to dodge the many moving perils that surround you as you move closer and closer to the opening at the base of the wall. 
you continue to scurry across the Commonwealth floor, desperately seeking to reach the sizable opening at the base of the wall in the corner. All around you, moving chair legs and the stomping feet of tavern patrons serve to make each step more perilous than the last. You're drawing closer to the hole in the wall. The same check again. Success, 124. You manage to dodge the many moving perils that surround you as you move closer and closer to the opening at the base of the wall. You continue to scurry across the common moon floor, desperately seeking to reach the sizable opening at the base of the wall in the corner. All around you, moving chair legs and stomping feet of tavern patrons, serve to make each step more perilous than the last. Alright, same joke again. Success! 93. You manage to dodge the many moving perils that surround you to move closer and closer to the opening at the base of the wall. You continue to scurry across the tavern room floor, desperately seeking to reach the sizable opening at the base of the wall in the corner. All around you, moving chair legs and stomping feet of tavern patrons serve to make each step more perilous than the last. I'll pick doing a check again. Same check. And success! You manage to dodge the many moving perils that surround you as you move closer and closer to the opening at the base of the wall. Okay. You continue to scurry across the corridor moving floor, desperately seeking to reach the sizable opening at the base of the wall in the corner. All around you, moving chair legs and stomping feet of the patrons serve to make each step more perilous than the last. Alright, do the same check again. Success! You manage to dodge the many moving perils that surround you. You move closer and closer to the opening at the base of the wall. 16 XP to general. You reach the opening at the base of the wall and quickly duck, duck into the dark hole. Thankful to be, to be momentarily removed from the deadly common womb stampede. The war of the many voices filling the common womb has become a deafening, unintelligible din. Despite your inability to focus on any lone voice in the ear shattering catastrophe, you sense that hark accusations are being levelled at Zazarat, and that the trickster is finding himself hard pressed to offer up an acceptable defence. Your ears winging, you retreat further into the shadowy space at the base of the wall, seeking just a moment's reprieve from the incessant howl. At that moment, you realise you've made a grave mistake. The sound of something heavy sliding across one of the common floor just inside the hole you've retreated into fills you with dread. Before you can reach the opening, it disappears, leaving you in total darkness. Now blocking the hole through which you've entered this space is the thick leg of one of Paypal's better chairs. The impossibly heavy chair leg now spanning the entirety of the opening. Getting going through the hole, back through the hole, is not an option. Moments later, your light source flares to life, revealing you're in a hollow space between the common rooms and the floor of one of the tavern's back rooms. Despite a glowing sense of depredation, resolve to find your way out of your current predicament and back into the common room. Only then you realise 
Will there be a chance that Zazarak can return you to your full size? Standing just to the east of the hole through which you entered this space between the tavern walls, the chair leg that's pushed up, pushed up against the opening is still in place, blocking what would be your easiest route of escape. But there's all those people stopping about there, so we probably won't go back there anyway. Chunks of stone, splittered fragments of wood, and protruding, blunted ends of nails serve to reveal certainly that any movement you might attempt along the makeshift corridor will prove to be both slow and treacherous. Okay, I'm going east. You're making your way through a narrow space between two walls within stone back tavern. Chunks of stone, splintered fragments of wood and the protruding blunted ends of, of nails Make your progress along the makeshift corridor both slow and treacherous. Okay, now curving to the north, back to the west. Hmm, there's, there's, there's a little alcove to the north. What could be in there? You reach the end of the debris-strewn passage and are about to turn back when suddenly the deep gloom that twings, clings to the edge of the corridor begins to churn with activity. You watch with growing horror as a swarm of giant mice emerge from the shadows to fill this fill the narrow tunnel. Instinctively, you retreat several yards along the passage, as along the passage as the writhing tide of vermin surges in your direction, holding to count a total of ten mice. Realize that if you engage the swarm, flight will not be possible once combat has begun. Hold your ground and face the swarm of mice. You bravely hold your ground as you prepare to engage the first of the giant mice. Alright, I fight it. The third one of ten. The giant mouse rushes in and attacks. And is slain. 4xp. The lifeless carcass of the dead mouse lands on the floor of the tab tunnel at your feet. You step back for the creature's remains and wipe away the steady stream of sweat pouring from your brow. You, with sweat streaking down your brow, you boldly engage the next giant mouse. Begin combat. The giant mouse rushes in and attacks. And I bash it with my mace, which fortunately shrunk with me. Because that, that would be awkward if it didn't. Then what would I use? I'd have to use unarmed combat. Which is also good for me, so that'd probably been okay. As long as as long as I wasn't like carrying it. Then I'd just be like, oh dear. Yeah, okay, and here they come. Here's the third one. Bash bash bash. Number four. And, yep, and number five. Whoa, we're halfway there. Number six. Number seven. Number eight. Number nine. And ten. 
lifeless carcass of the giant mouse lands on the floor of the tunnel at your feet. You step back from the creature's remains and wipe away the sweaty stream of sweat pouring down your brow. At last, nothing else moves in the gloomy corridor. 128 experience to general. Make a quick search of the debris that fills your tunnel. Your search turns up nothing of any particular interest. After spending a few moments adjusting your equipment, you once again set off in search of a way out of these dark, festering tunnels. Okay, now I go west. The passage ends at a small, tall pile of debris that rises up to meet the threshold of another makeshift tunnel above. By climbing up and over the heap of splintered wood and crumbling stone, you could easily reach the new section of the passage. You are suddenly startled by the sound of movement from somewhere near the base of the debris pile. Watch in horror as a massive cockroach emerges from the gloom and moves swiftly in your direction. I'm going to hold my ground and engage the massive cockroach. You brazenly hold your ground as the massive cockroach closes in on you. Preparing to make a quick meal after the tiny creature has invaded. It has invaded its shadowy lair. I fight a massive cockroach. Yes, and it lunges at me. But now it is slain. Squunch. 5 XP from the combat and 32 XP to general. You step back through the remains of the fearsome creature and spend several moments catching your breath and checking over your equipment. Yeah, so now I can climb up to the next section of the passage, taking care not to lose your footing on the tall, shifting pile of debris. You climb to the top of the heap and make your way into the higher passage. Alright, you're standing at the eastern end of a narrow, makeshift, debris choke tunnel. To the east, the passage opens up onto, a, onto the top of a steep pile of splintered wood and crumbling stone. Staring, staring down this treacherous slope, you can make out the gloom-filled tunnel you previously climbed out of. Then I head west. Okay, oh, there's a little loop here. Alright, just make it, trying to dodge all, all the various debris, squeezing past the nails, trying not to get trying not to get tetanus. Okay, I'm in the I'm in the northwest corner of this little circle. There's an alcove to the north. You reach the end of the debris strewn stroke passage and are about to to turn back when suddenly the deep gloom that clings to the edge of the corridor begins to churn with activity. You watch with glowing horror as a swarm of giant roaches emerge from the shadows to fill the narrow tunnel. Instinctively, you retreat several yards along the passage as a whirling tide of vermin surges in your direction. Hopefully count a total of eight roaches. Realise that if you engage this swarm, flight will not be possible once combat is in has begun. Well, I'm going to fight them anyway. You bravely hold your ground as you prepare to engage the first of the giant cockroaches. Alright, begin. The giant cockroach lunges at you. 
but is slain. The lifeless carcass of the forex beam, the li giant lifeless carcass of the giant roach, land on the floor of the tunnel at your feet. You step back from the creature's remains and wipe away the steady stream of sweat pouring down your brow. It's the second one, with the sweat streaking down your brow, you bravely engage the next giant cockroach. Yes, the giant cockroach lunges at you. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, and it's... Alright, on to number three. Yeah. I wonder if these cockroaches are brothers or sisters. Yes. I know I have no experience of how to how to tell what sex a cockroach is. None at all. It's number six now. Uh, though, if, if any ontologists are, are listening and want to tell me, then go ahead. Is it slaying your foe? 4 XP. Eight, the eighth and final cockroach. It is slain. Alright, 4 XP for the combat. The lifeless carcass of the giant roach lands on the floor of the tunnel at your feet. You step back for the creature's remains and wipe away a steady stream of sweat pouring down your brow. At last, nothing else moves in the gloomy corridor. 128 experience to general. You make a quick search of the debris that fills the tunnel. Your search turns up nothing of any particular interest. After spending a few moments adjusting your equipment, you once again set off in search of way out of these dark, festering tunnels. Alright. Oh! You freeze in your tracks as a large, dark shape looms out of the shadows ahead. You watch with going tower as a massive rock worm slivers into your pool of light. The Benamoth-sized scavenger snaps its powerful jaws as it closes into attack. While the, realize the creature you face is only gigantic due to your shrunken state, facing the encroaching monstrosity is a terrifying preposition. Oh, there's a description of a what worm. The small, white, multi-tentacled, grub-like creatures commonly infest rotting wood, which they ravenously devour. To find yourself in any danger from these harmless creatures, you need to be about two inches tall. Go back. Oh, oh dear, I am. I hold my ground and engage the giant wokworm. The giant wokworm fearlessly closes on you, prepared to make an easy meal out of the tiny creature that has dared to prowl through its shadowy lair. The giant wokworm surges forward and attacks and is slain. 4xb. For your victory, you spend a few moments checking over your equipment before once again setting off in a way out of this gloomy maze. Going to do, do a bit of healing now. Right, Western Alcove. The passage, the the passage ends as a tall pile of debris that rises up to meet the threshold of another makeshift tunnel above. 
by climbing up and over the heap of splintered wood and crumbling stone, he could easily reach the new section of passage. He somewhat startled by the sound of movement from somewhere near the base of the debris bar. He watched in horror as a massive rat emerged from the gloom and moved swiftly in your direction. Hold your ground and engage the massive rat. You bravely hold your ground as the massive rat closes in on you, preparing to make a quick meal out of the tiny creature that has brazenly invaded its shadowy lair. It's a massive rat. Actually, it's a regular-sized rat, and I'm just tiny. But that 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 doesn't scan. The uh, rat that is temp that only looks rat that only looks massive compared because you are temporarily swamped, but it's actually a normal size. That that doesn't fit on the screen. <laughs> so it, it attacks. It attacks, and I bash it, and it is slain. Five combat XP. 32 XP to General. You step back from the remains of the fearsome creature and spend the next several moments catching your breath and checking over your equipment. The passage ends at a tall pile of debris that rises up to meet the threshold of another makeshift tunnel above. Oh, no, I climb it. Taking great care not to lose your footing on the tall, shifting pile of debris, you climb to the top of the heap and make your way into the higher passage. You're standing at the eastern edge of a narrow, makeshift, debris-choked tunnel. To the east, the passage opens up onto the top of a steep pile of splintered wood and crumbling stone. Staring down this treacherous stone, you make out the gloom-filled tunnel you've previously climbed out of. We're going to head west. You freeze in your tracks as a large shape looms out of the shadows in head. You watch in horror as a massive mouth, mouse. Well, the, the, the mouse, the massive mouth, mouse's mouth is also massive. Scurries into your pool of light. The venomous-sized wojin rushes forward to attack. Well, you realise the creature you face is only gigantic due to your shrunken state. Facing the encroaching monstrosity is a terrifying proposition. Hold your ground and engage the giant mouse. Okay, the giant mouse fearlessly closes in on you, prepared to make an easy meal out of the tiny creature that has dared to prowl through its shadowy lair. Right, it's a giant mouse. It rushes in and it attacks, but is slain. Oh dear. <laughs> That's one. Le that's one. That's probably a, probably a quicker job than candles would do to it. Following your victory, you spend a few moments checking over your equipment, for once again setting off in search of a way out of this gloomy maze. Okay, so I'm going. This, I'm going west. Going west. Ooh, it's another giant wobbler. And I fight it, and I fight it, and I fight it some more, and it is slain. 4 XP. Okay, there's a little alcove to the west. Uh, you, turn, you reach the end of a debris strewn passage, and you're about to turn back 
when suddenly the deep gloom that clings to the edge of the corridor begins to churn with activity. You watch with growing horror as a swarm of giant rats emerge from the sh shadows to, to fill the narrow tunnel. Instinctively, you retreat several yards along the passage as the writhing tide of vermin surges in your direction. Hurriedly counts a total of six rats. You realise that if you engage the swarm, flight will not be possible once combat has begun. Hold your ground and face the swarm of rats. Go on, go on, go on. Ah, there we are. Bravely hold your ground as you prepare to engage the first of the giant rats. Bashy, bashy, bash, 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 bash. The giant rat attacks. 4xb. With the next rats, next... With sweat streaming down your brow, you bravely engage the next giant rat. The giant rat attacks. It is slain. The lifeless carcass of the giant rat lands on the floor of the tunnel of your feet. You step back from the creature's remains and wipe away the steady stream of sweat, stream of sweat pouring down your brow. Yep, and here's number three. The third rat. And it attacks. 4xb. Rat number four. It's the penultimate rat. Of penultimate destiny. It's the final rat fight. Do do do. Do 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 do. Do 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 do. I'm bashing with my mace. And it's trying to bite me. I'm going to cave its head in. And it's very smelly. There's only one rat left to go. Might be star to be found. To be found. I hope I don't catch the plague. Cause it's the final rat fight to do. Slain your foe. <laughs> 4xp. The lifeless carcass of the giant rat lands on the floor of the tunnel at your feet. You step back from the creature's remains and wipe away the steady stream of sweat pouring down your brow. At last, nothing else moves in the gloomy corridor. 128 experience to general. You make a quick search of the debris that fills the tunnel. Tucked away behind a pile of debris, you discover a massive silver wing. You mead, you realise immediately the wing, which would easily fit around your waist, is only gigantic due to your shrunken state. A cruelly engraved description on the inside of the still worn silver band reads, To my beloved Pippenborn. Wonder how the wing, which obviously belongs to Pripple, found its way into this dark nook inside the tavern walls. Despite its tremendous bulk, you pick up the wing, decide to take it with you, hoping to present it to Salmon Keeper should you find your way out of this shadowy maze alive. It's a massive silver wing. Armour. Finger! <laughs> well, technically, yes. 
uh, what happen if I, I'm going to try and equip it, <laughs> just to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, no, no. Can I equip it? Can I equip it? Yes, yes, I can. I can equip this massive silver wing on my fingers. It doesn't do anything, though, because it, it's just a regular wing. So I'll go back. Ah, <laughs> oh, that would really hurt. Be like, no, 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 no. Really difficult to. Yeah. <laughs> After a few moments checking your equipment, you once again set off on your way out of these dark, festering tunnels. Now, okay, so. So I, I'm thinking. Wedding wing. Yes, presume, uh, and since I have, we haven't, and since we haven't seen any Mrs. Pitfall around, around or Mr. Pitfall, if he swings that way, I can only assume it's a departed, a departed spouse. Yes, and this is probably the last token of her that remains. Yes, yes, we definitely, definitely have to give this back. It's like, it's it's not worth much cash, but its sentimental value is through the roof, probably. Also, it's engraved, so it's definitely, it's definitely get given with heartfelt intention. By who? We can't say, but considering that for most people, the only wings they have are wedding wings and engagement wings. But usually, honestly, I think the whole engagement wing thing is just is just a ploy to sell to sell people two wings. Let alone putting diamonds in them. Seriously, do not buy diamonds. The only reason to use diamonds is to cut things. And to make armor in Minecraft. And probably a few other purposes known, known to engineers and physicists. But looking pretty? I mean, diamonds, they're not even colourful. I mean, if you want in a gem, you might as well have one with some colour. Have something like a ruby or an emerald or a sapphire or an onyx. There you go. You've got colour with those. But with the diamond? I mean, it's been somehow decided that the most boring diamonds are the most valuable. And, of course, we all know they're only valuable because... Because, well, okay, admittedly, in the medieval period and earlier, they were rare. They were valuable because they were rare, and people wanted them because they were shiny. And honestly, people like shiny things, but, you know, after they found the... After they found those huge diamond mines in South Africa, and went, Dude, 
It's like 50% diamonds down here. Oh dear. Hmm. I mean, technically, that should cause the price of diamonds to collapse. But we can't be having that. So. Okay. Hello, Di Hello fellow di diamond diamond mine owning people. How goes how goes how goes mistreating your workers? Yes, we're mistreating them a lot. How goes jacking up the prices? It, we are jacking up the prices a lot. Now the thing is, we all let's all make an agreement. Now look, we could all try to undercut each other by just make digging out as many diamonds as possible. But then people might realise diamonds are just shiny rocks aren't actually that good for many things. And then we're all screwed. So here's what we do. We just slowly release diamonds onto the market a little bit at the time and and make a lot a lot of ads to make it clear that putting them back on the market again is something only super jerks do. Yes, yes, that's what we'll do. Now, remember, we're all in agreement about this. And, yeah, and let's just think, and, and if anyone asks about all the wars and conflict that was done, just say, yeah, just say, what wars and conflict? What pile of corpses? What warehouse filled with diamonds? I don't know what you're talking about. Diamonds are incredibly rare and valuable because they're intrinsically, they have intrinsic value. Apparently, anyway, the diamonds are dumb. Yep. Yeah, aren't they? Yep, yep. If you, if you ever try to propose to someone with a diamond ring, you've just revealed you're an idiot. And you've revealed to your spouse, you probably think they're an idiot. But yeah, just 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 make make them just force them a wing out of iron or something, because then then you put actual effort into it. Because, yeah, or oh, just just even give them a hula hoop as long as all that matters is that you're going to stay together. No, the hula hoops they're usually too small to fit over your fingers, so. Maybe a monster munch instead. <laughs> okay, now let's see, there's some sort of thing to the south. I presume that's the exit. You're standing at the southern end of a narrow makeshift tunnel that runs just inside the base of the stone back's common room wall. A pile of splintered wood and crumbling rock lies at the end of the passage. Your eyes drip upwards on a heap of debris and you spot a bright patch of flickering light stabbing through the gloom far ahead. Realise at once the patch of light is a small opening in the wall that must lead to the common room, must lead into the common room. The sound of thundering voices sails through the narrow fissure. Believe you could somehow reach this opening, you might easily escape from this shadowy perilous lair. The walls here, wiggled with bent, blunted ends of iron nails, composed of cracked stone and wrought wood, seem, seem to readily lend themselves to climbing. Still, the opening is far above, 
and a fall from any significant heights in this narrow space may easily prove fatal. Mm, I guess that's just how the size shifting works here. Here that they didn't, they didn't turn off the, make the pretty much immunity to fall damage that comes whenever you get small enough. Because when, for something like, like cats, if they, they could fall off a skyscraper, they'll be fine. And something like, like little spiders, they don't have to worry about fall damage at all. Even if they don't use their magical, use their awesome web-slinging powers. Yeah, same thing for mice, but if you're, say, an elephant... <laughs> Elephant, I mean, even just, even just stepping particularly hard could prove, could prove damaging. Yeah, it's just the all square cubed law. The bigger you are, the more you have to worry about fall damage. And I'm tiny, so I shouldn't have to worry about fall damage at all, but... Admittedly, that you can't you kind of have to play fast and loose with the rules when you're size shifting, because otherwise, technically, I should have died of hyper, I should have died of hypothermia by now because my surface area is just so much greater than my volume now. Although, admittedly, I'm wearing a lot of armor. Maybe that maybe that helped. Although a lot of it's plate, and that wouldn't help at all. Well, okay, some of it's plate. Maybe, maybe there's probably some padding below the plate, though. So that's probably actually that's probably keeping all the heat in. And if I put, you know, I put the visor down on, put the visor down on the helmet. I assume there's a visor. Then yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's probably keeping heat in. So anyway, I can use two magical. Magical skills here. I can use gating to just gate up there. Or telekinesis. Ooh, I'm going to use that. Succeeded. 8 XP to telekinesis. You summon your power telekinesis and focuses on the ground at your feet. You project a powerful controlled blast of telekinetic energy the floor of the tunnel and slowly but steadily... You begin to wise through the air towards the opening in the wall far, far above. After nearly a minute, you arrive at the narrow ledge just before the light-filled opening and quickly step in onto the sturdy wooden outcropping. So, yeah, I can fly. I can fly. I'm not, not going to use this again because... If I work, because presumably you have to keep using 1M, you have to use 1NV per minute, and you don't want to run out of, you don't want to run out of Neville Reserve, or fail a check, because you probably have to do the check every time you cast it, when you're 10,000 feet in the air, you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that would suck. That's probably why I don't do it. Honestly, it probably would always be safer to ride on an actual dragon. And also, cooler, perhaps? I don't know. What would be cooler? Fly on your own? Flying on a dragon? I mean, they're, they're different types of cool. 
Yes. Alright, anyway, on we go. Standing on the wooden outcropping just before the light-filled tavern, the leaves out into what you realise is the mantle above the tavern's fireplace. You can hear the roar of voices from the common room. Seems that frantic search for you has not abated. Realising that lingering in the roar will only invite for further danger, you step out through the opening and onto the broad, somewhat cluttered mantle and gain an immediate view of the bustle that fills the stone back. At the far end of, end of the mantle, shouting for everyone to watch where they're stepping is put before. The tavern keeper shakes his head and curses the two men who nearly bump into them as they pass by, their eyes scouring the floor for any sign of you. Several patrons crowd around the trickster as the young man expert, expertly enters a flagon of ale with a well-practiced flip of his wrist. He wipes his mouth on his sleeve and sighs. Patrons bagging to make good on his trick and have you reappear. I've already told you I can't, he says, his wavering voice betraying his growing state of agitation. I can't bring him back unless you find him. It has to be somewhere. Oh, for the sake of the old farmer, why do I have to do that trick? <laughs> you begin uh, you begin jumping and shouting as, as you move along the mantle, grinding your way past candlesticks and cracked vases. You're confident that if you can get close enough to Pitmore, you can get his attention. You covered a considerable distance when a strange rumble from behind startles you. You instinctively turn around in your effort to identify the source of the sound. What greets your eyes is a, is, a, is, a, is a sight that makes your blood run cold. Creeping along the mantle behind you, its glowing eyes fixed ravishly on you and its massive paws landing with barely a whisper. His candles, the cat! The scrawny feline, moving with a precision and stealth, but beast on the hunt, is swiftly closing in on you. Oh no. Oh no. You have no desire to harm by people or beloved cat, but unless you find a way to defend yourself, Likely to end up as a snack for the score for the scrawny predator. Let me just check the wiki. Gotta make sure what's the most rewarding. Okay, it's hands by a huge margin. The most rewarding and dangerous route is to attempt to subdue candles. So I will. Candles, her unblinking eyes fixed unnervingly on you, extends her deadly claws as she unleashes a fearsome hiss that fills you with dread. The occasional bane of the tavern's wayward mice is preparing to make a meal out of you. Begin combat with Candles the Cat. Okay, so... This is a subduing fight, so a lot of powers can't be used because yeah because if you're if you're summoning some sort of force from the necroverse he doesn't particularly care about being non-fatal so same thing for obviously the power of destruction you can't use that non-fatally but you can use telekinesis non-fatally Okay, telekinetic blast. 
I can use that. You strike your foe with a deadly blast of telekinetic energy. Candles hisses as he swipes at you with her deadly claws. Okay, I'm just keep keeping up with the telekinetic blasts. Ooh, your foe has been stunned by your telekinetic attack. That's also good. And she swipes with her deadly claws some more, and she is subdued. Bonk! Remember, this isn't a deadly. Uh, this is just this is just a like a little psychic booping. Just a psychic booping. Boop! 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 Yeah, I've just booped. Yeah, I've just booped the cat until it has gone away. Three thousand and seventy-two experience to general. And 256 experience to all skills and powers. Which is very nice. Yeah, now I'd like to remind everyone else that usually, that when you fight a cat in real life, you do not get a huge experience bonus. That only applies if you've been shrunk down to two inches in size and only if the, ta if the cat attacks you first. And it will probably won't work for the second cat. Yeah, so don't 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 try to beat go don't go around picking fights with cats to farm to farm XP. That that that's good, that's a very jerk move, and it won't work. Your final blow elicits a piercing sweep from candles. The giant scrawny cat leaps back and hisses viciously. Wielded by the small creature that has managed to keep its saddest, savage aggression at bay. Alerted by the noise, Pippor turns and swiftly grabs candles. He lifts the cat off the mantle and painfully scolds her. He's about to set down his precious, somewhat battered, feline. His eyes suddenly widen and he gasps in alarm. You've been spotted. Pippor's massive hand shoots down and closes around you. The giant-sized cavern keeper, his face beaming, promptly calls out in a thunderous voice, proudly announcing you have been found. A swarm of commotion immediately engulfs the car room as patrons rush to surround their jubilant host. Eager to catch a glimpse of you in his hand, Pippor pushes through the crowd and sets you down on the tavern directly in front of the trickster. The young man looks at you and then at Piffor as he nervously rubs his hands together. Go on, set him white, Piffor announced. And you consider yourself lucky Azu isn't likely to hold this against you. No, I'm not. It's it's surprising how it's surprising it's surprising how good a three thousand and seventy-two to its general experience boost is for make, making you get let go of grudges. Yeah, just something to consider. If someone's angry at you, give them lots of experience points and they won't care anymore. Unfortunately, I don't know how you do that in real life. I guess you just tell them an interesting fact. <laughs> yes. Right, right. Before you before before we before we do this fight, did you know that turtles breathe through their bum? <laughs> Yes, so like that. Now, probably not be as angry, but like, why are you saying that? Is that really true? 
me. But it might calm the situation down. I, I, I've not, not tried it myself. But maybe. Might work. Zazwak mumbles something and nods. He snatches up a flagon of ale, resting at his, uh, his elbow, and quickly drains the half-filled vessel. He then rubs his hands together. The other one rises from his seat. I need absolute quiet, he says, looking first at Bridport, and then a throng of patients squeezed, squeezed around the edge of the table. Not a peep out of the lot of you, snarls Pippor, looking first to his left and then to his right. Now, if you please, get to it. The trickster, his arms and hands trembling, nods and closes his eyes. He exhales and twists the gold wing fitted onto his wide index finger. A strange sensation washes over you. Now for a moment you feel as if you might lose consciousness. Certainly, everything suddenly goes black. Your eyes spring open and, and you wake with a start to find nearly a dozen faces staring down at you. Bripple takes hold of your shoulders and raises you to a sitting position on a table you've been lying on. Much to relief, you are once again your proper size. A loud cheer erupts from the throng of patrons gathered around the table. Many hands reach in to slap you on the shoulder and several voiced their profound relief. The trickster, Zazorak, standing in front of you, sighs stoutly and collapses into his seat. A nearby pa patron places a full flagon in front of him and the young man swiftly drowns his, fro his, his frothing contents. We don't make a habit of sitting on tables says Parthenon Smirky. If you please, Luke, I think you'll find a chair more to your liking. You take a seat at the, as you take a seat at, at the table, Zawok stammers an, an apology. You accept his apology and the ale that follows it, and tell Pripple that next time he should consider taking part in the tricks. Well, well being here, I can promise you, he says, gathering the trickster, and not see anything of that sort performed in here again. You do hope that's plain to you, my good friend. Zasawak, both of his trembling hands gripping yet another full flagon, nods. Come on, Zoop, calls the patron behind the table. Where'd you go once you're, you're shrunk? I'm sure there's a story to it all, which you've just heard. Much as the light of the tavern's patrons and a pripple who busies himself, seeing to a flood of impatient requests for ale, we embark on a, on a rousing account of your adventure inside the walls of the stoneback. We describe in great detail the giant creatures you encountered on your perilous trek through the war, ending your narrative with your confrontation with candles atop the mantle. An expression of a profound horror affixes itself to Zazorok's face for the duration of your tale. At the conclusion of your account, your patrons salute you with a chorus of cheers. And for the rest of the evening, your shrunken exploits become the subject of, of grand speculation, idle conversation and heated banter. Upon finishing your account, Pythor makes his way over and takes you aside. No harm done, Zoop, says Pythor, as, as he takes you aside and slaps you. And so on, I don't mind an embellished on my shelf. You've got a talent for just the right words. Yes, Pythor, he's talking about your venture in the war you've just told us about, says Grenny. I know you were inside that war. There's no arguing that point. But the wats, the mites, the roaches? No, for a flame pain fact, there ain't any of that sort of vermin wandering about in here. That's a war. 
That's what I've got all candles for. And she's good and fattened up, too, from staring the odd crawl that comes, comes in out of the cold. Glance over to the hearth where Candles is sitting, silhouetted in dancing flames, casually licking the inside of her leg. A scrawny cat rolls over and stretches out before the fire, then embarks on a furious bout of, of poor grooming. You certainly recall the silver wing you found. 256 experience to general. 64 experience to all skills and powers. You produce the silver wing you discovered inside the wall and hand it to Pickle. The tavern keep claps, claps gasps as he stares down at the worn silver band now resting in the palm of his hand. Pickle's eyes mist over as he glazes at the wing. He looks up at you and asks how you came to possess it. When you tell him, he shakes his head in disbelief. Part of me would always blame poor candles for making off with me, says smirking. Thank you, Soup. This means more to me than you would ever know. Thank you. You accept Papa's gratitude with a polite bow. It takes the better part of an hour for the excitement in the con wound to give way to the more relaxed fares to which it's ta- the tavern's patrons and its keeper are accustomed. The trick is Zazawak invites you that his real name is Jod. Apologises repeatedly and to your tone, quite bluntly, but no more apologies is necessary. To lay lead credence to your words, you buy him a flagon of ale, which is much to improve his spirits. And I not soon to be forgotten, says Pickroll, laughing, as he strides up and thrusts a frogging, frothing flagon into your hand. For you, my dear fellow, I shall make it a point to find someone to chronicle all the strange adventures you seem to find yourself part of. You think you'll remember them, but once they're down as a concise tale, they'll never be forgotten. Piffor ignore apologises for the evening's trouble, but before you can tell him that apology is not necessary, rushes off to break up a scuffle, taking part at the tavern on the far side of the room. You're about to make your way over to the fire, having spotted an open seat next to the hearth, when someone calls out your name. You turn to find a table of four men, each of them white, smiling and waving me over. The men, three of them farmers and one a stage driver, are four of the ta- tavern's more familiar faces and people you've come to know for your visits to the Stoneback. It isn't at once you're being invited to partake in, in their game of Oakbok, a game of wagers, cards and dice. You make your way over to take, to take the seat that's been drawn up to the table for you. No sooner have you sat down and prepared to engage your fellow players in a contest of skill and luck that will likely cost you a small fortune in gold, Candles appears at your feet. The swift and silent grace for which her species is known, Scorny Pat leaps up onto her lap and curls up, pawing softly. So, yeah, no hard, fe- no hard feelings, Candles. No hard feelings. So, 1,024 experience to general, 32 XP to all skills and powers, and that is the end of that quest. I'll take a rest, going to save, I'm going to remind you to, to consider taking part in that contest I announced at the start of the video, and I'll give, put my details in the description.
And for now, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.